Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Let me give you one way I think you can know if you're growing or not. You know you're growing when the old truths of the Bible continue to provide fresh revelation of the glory of God. And you still stand amazed. You still come to the foot of that cross. And you're still fighting back the tears. And you still can't almost believe it. That he would love you that much. And he would die for you. Pastor Jim warns us today that complacency in our faith is a very dangerous place to live life. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul encouraged believers to press on towards Christ, just as a runner presses towards the finish line of a race. We should never lose the holy awe and reverence of the cross that we had when we first believed. The Bible should never grow stale because God is always teaching us and molding us. Pastor Jim admonishes us to strive ahead, push forward, and contend for growth that makes us better. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Joyful Future. If you're okay where your faith is, you are probably in the most dangerous place you could ever be. You're hanging over the edge of the cliff. You say, well, how do I know? Because instead of out there, getting out there, serving the Lord, you're defending your faith to your loving brothers and sisters who are challenging you on it. You're defending it instead of defending Christ. The apostle says, no, don't buy into this at all. All of life, all of joy revolves around one thing that I do. And look at the three words he uses to describe it. Forgetting, reaching, pressing. All verbs, right? Forgetting, reaching, pressing. Now scholars debate, is he forgetting uh, his past failures or successes? You know what? Whenever I read those guys, I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes. I think we can honestly say he's forgetting anything that impedes his Christian growth. He's forgetting anything that uh, paralyzes him like failure. He's forgetting anything that makes him complacent like past success. Oh, I remember back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is nine miles away now. He's forgetting anything that defines him other than being a Christ follower. And let's be honest, some things are hard to forget, right? Some things we can't forget. But this is the truth. It's a lot easier to forget some things if something else has stolen our heart. It's easier to forget some things when someone else has stolen our heart. The picture here is a runner in a race straining for the finish line. You know, like when in the Olympics, when they do those dashes, they're leaning forward, just that little extra bit to win the race. That's the picture here. What happens as you're straining for the finish line, leaning into the finish? What happens if you look back? You're going to fall. That's what he's saying here. 
We're, we're pressing, we're pushing, we're leaning in for the victory. We don't want to fall, lose the race. So Paul says, I'm not going to look back and dwell on a past that slows me down today in my present effort and my future, con- my future progress. Friends, this is the Christian life. The relentless pursuit of the finish line. As long as God gives us a mind, as long as God gives us bodies, as long as God gives us breath. But it's very important to notice how he does it. He puts off the past, but at the same time, he reaches forward to the future. Friends, did you know this is God's way? The Bible has a wonderful principle called putting off and putting on. I love the way the apostle put it in the New Testament when he told certain guys, put off stealing and go get a job. And I think of that all the time with these crazy, dumb computer hackers, right? Brilliant minds. I just want to say to them, put off stealing and go get a job. (laughs) Make this world a better place. Sleep better at night. Not wondering if there's going to be a knock on the door from the police. Put on honesty. And here, the, the, the apostle's telling us, to again, to put off what's wrong and put on what's right. Put off what's hindering us and put on what's going to make us get closer to the future. But it takes faith, trust, that the, God, that, that the Lord will work in the midst of our effort. Remember back in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Work out your salvation that you already have with fear and trembling. Why? For it's God who works in you. So who does the work? God or me? Yes. Yes. Maturity doesn't just happen. You have to pursue it. Now it's never to clean yourself up and come to Jesus. Never. That's dumb. It's not going to happen. But it's always pressed towards the prize. What's the prize? God himself. Becoming more Christ-like. So the apostles' action plan was faith, trust in the power of God, combined with personal commitment, personal determination, personal effort, And if it's the apostles' action plan, if we want to be mature Christians, then guess what? It has to be our action plan too. If he would say it just doesn't happen on its own, then we would have to say it just doesn't happen on its own. Well, so we've seen the self-assessment. We've seen the action plan. But number three, we might need a reality check. If we want a joyful future grounded in joyful maturity, verse 15 says, Therefore let us, as many as are mature, now he's sort of goading them a little, <laughs> maybe some of us aren't, let us who are mature have this mind. What does that mean? Let's, we all have to think this way. And if any of you think otherwise, now I'm sure there'd be 
some thinking like, who does he think he is? <laughs> if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal this even to you. That's a nice way of saying, uh, when you open your Bible, God's going to show you, you were wrong. <laughs> like, you need to get the let go and let God bumper sticker off the car. <laughs> Friends, that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. I want to stand before God and say, listen, God, I told them. I told them what you said. I didn't tell them what I thought. I told them what you said. I feel bad for other pastors that I know that just, you know, I'm afraid if I do that, people won't come. That's okay. That's okay. Verse 16, nevertheless, to the degree that we, notice he includes himself. You know, I love this about the apostles. They don't put themselves over the people. They're one of the gang. Now they have, uh, they have pastoral and apostolic authority, but that's just an authority of position, but not of personhood. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. What is he saying? Let's live what Jesus taught us. We can't say we're mature if we're not living what Jesus taught us. And then he says, let us be of the same mind. He says it again. The word of God is faithful to show us where we're wrong, isn't it? The word of God is faithful to show us the truth, but the word of God is also faithful to show us how to respond to the truth in order to grow and to mature. Now, friends, we have to understand something about the apostles. Very, very important. Just two aspects about them that we have to understand. Number one, they carried with them, because the Spirit of God had given to them, the authoritative teachings of God. So when they wrote the Bible, the Bible says that they were men carried by the Spirit. So when we read the Bible, we know we have the authoritative teachings of God. This is not all they did. The New Testament church spans a, a 30 to 50 year period. You could write this in a couple weeks. So they were doing a lot of other stuff, praying, wrestling with the Bible, or wrestling with the people who wanted to kill them. So they were, they were doing a lot of other different stuff. But they wrote the Bible. They carried the authoritative teachings of God. But there's another side to them. They also show us as representative disciples in their lives, their own failures and their own successes in the Christian life. So we have to look at it. So to say we're Christians is actually to say we're apostolic. Now don't get all weird on me. I know a lot of people like, you know, we're the apostolic deliverance ministries. That's not what we're talking about. Right? I'm not telling you I'm the apostle and you got to do everything I say. No. But to be apostolic is simply to be like the apostles. And it's simply this. To agree with God and to walk in his ways with the help of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, they wrote the Bible. Yes, God told them and they agreed with God and they wrote it. But then they had to walk in his ways, just like we have to do, who read it. So in that sense, we are all called to be apostolic. Searching question. We all have to ask ourselves, is it possible I've been wrong in the past?
not just our mistakes, but is it possible as I get into the Word of God and the Word of God gets into me that I'm realizing that I was greatly mistaken in a lot of different ways about God? And after that question, even more important questions are next. Am I willing to be teachable now? Am I willing to be obedient to God's Word? Am I going to be teachable and obedient, willing to learn in the future? If you answered yes to those questions, uh, you can be confident as you get into the Word of God, what he says here, God will reveal this even to you. And I think he's using sarcasm to the false teachers and the people who have all the false beliefs. But the reason God will reveal it to you is because of his goodness and grace. For anyone that's here today that's not a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm thankful that you're here and you want to know God. God will reveal this even to you through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That starts with the offer of the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. So the question is not, is it offered? The question is, will I receive it? Jesus said, all who come to me, I will by no means cast out. But for any one of us here, and this is probably most of us, who says that we are a committed follower of Jesus, are you a Christian? Oh, I'm a Christian. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a staggering reality check here. It's staggering. Am I growing? Or am I stagnant? Am I a growing Christian or am I a stagnant Christian? We live in a generation where the church has adopted some really unbiblical thinking. The church is for only for people who uh, are, don't know Jesus or are new Christians. Well, that's not true. If you get up every week and you teach kindergarten class, I don't care how many years you're at school, you'll still be in kindergarten. We, we go to church to... Um, get what we want, to get what we want. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Sadly, many people today, even many in our own church, come when there's nothing else to do. Oh, I had nothing else to do. I guess I'll go to church. Ultimately, church is to worship God. Seriously, when we don't come, what do we tell God? At church, the apostle Paul told the Ephesians, one of our Calvary Chapel theme verses, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so, so you can pour into the lives of others and others can pour into the lives of you. So you can have engaging discussions with people about Christianity. Also, we come to church to enjoy the presence of the Lord, to enjoy the presence and the companionship and the fellowship of, of God's people. You say, I'm not sure, am I, am I growing or stagnating? Well, probably, if you don't know, you're probably stagnating. <laughs> but let me give you one way I think you can know if you're growing or not. You know you're growing when the old truths of the Bible continue to provide fresh revelation of the glory of God and you still stand amazed. You still come to the foot of that cross and you're still fighting back the tears. 
and you still can't almost believe it, that he would love you that much and he would die for you. But the old truths of the Bible are still providing for you fresh revelation on how to know Jesus better and how to live for him with joy. Fresh. Those of you who've been here since we started the church know that or might remember that when we were in the hotel, the first book I taught was the book of Philippians. Some people have asked me, are you using your old sermons? I can say here in all truth that I have not picked up one of those old sermons, nor have I picked up one of the books I read in preparation for those sermons. Why? Because I'm pressing in for myself. I want a fresh revelation for myself. And I want something fresh for you guys too. We're getting fresh revelation from old truths, how to live for Jesus more and more each day with joy. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people are worried that they're not telling anybody about Jesus. You know why? When you're growing, you will. You won't even have to think about it. You'll start to walk towards people and you'll see them run to their house. Because <laughs> they know you're a growing Christian. And as we grow, and that, that, that should be the norm, not the exception, the future begins to look much different, doesn't it? And our lives too. I love what Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, verse 15 and 16. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Not fit it in. Not if you're feeling up to it. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So people will actually be able to see it. Sometimes we'll sit around here and we'll, because in the midst of pastoral ministries, there's a lot of bad news. Sometimes we'll sit around and we'll talk about people we see in our church that are really on fire, really pouring themselves into the things of God. That list needs to be bigger. Don't you want your name on that list? I want my name on that list. He says, take heed, verse 16, to yourself. Well, so many Christians running around worried about everybody else. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the teaching. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You're not the Savior, but you'll be bringing the Word of God to them. So people will actually be able to see your growth, and you will actually be sharing Jesus with people. Now, if you're not a committed follower of Jesus or you're a stagnant follower of Jesus, which means you're not following, you're just stagnant. It all starts with verse 14. He says, a call from Jesus Christ. Will you answer the call? Will you answer it? I was 12, 13 years a Christian before I, I went into the ministry. So I know what it's like to sit in the seats. That's part of the reason why I don't like to come here and stroke people because I realized that those stroking sermons were for me a complete waste of my morning. Maybe it's just the, the Long Islander in me, but I, I just, just give me the truth. And I don't care if I feel comforted or it knocks me upside the head. I want to know. And so I know, I know that you sit there 
in your seat every week, and I've just heard it during the week, sometimes during the sermon, but I know that you're hearing some call from God. I know it. I know it. So what is it? And will you answer it? Because I can guarantee you, if you ignore God, the joyful future is not yours. It's not. Maybe you'll make a few bucks. Maybe you'll get rich. Maybe you'll get what you want. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, this is it. This is lame. God won't let you really enjoy it because you're doing it without him. So will you answer the call? So let me encourage you today, okay? Maybe you've already started. Maybe you've already started. You came today. You made an effort to come. I'm not going to ask you how many of you are making an effort to listen. But here's the thing. Whatever the next step God is telling you to take, this moment is wasted if you don't take it. I have found over my years of being a Christian that a lot of people are called to that next step and then sometimes their hearts are so hard, the call ends. It's not there anymore. So what is the call for you? Maybe it's to come back next week. You say, well, what are you talking about? A lot of people just come every couple weeks to say, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to Jesus and these people. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, and if I'm sick and not contagious, I'm going. If I'm tired, I'm going. If my car breaks down, I'm going to tell the tow truck to tow me to my community group. I'm going. <laughs> if I need a ride, I'm not going to be proud. I'm going to call for one. I'm going. If I need a taxi, I'll pay for it. And if I don't have any money, I'll call one of my friends and borrow it from them. Maybe it's to get more involved. Maybe it's to start helping around the church. Maybe it's to, to start reading your Bible and praying more. Maybe it's about starting to tell other people about Jesus. Maybe it's for you, it's the glorious first step to see Jesus Christ on the cross. The Apostle Paul said it this way, he laid hold of me. I looked at him and he laid hold of me, which starts by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And we're talking about being called. I, I hear people talk about being called a lot or they're challenged. You know, maybe you should do this or, or maybe you should do that. Or maybe you should be involved here. Or what about this? Or you're good at that. Or God's gifted you that way. What do you think about that? And this is what they go. Um, I don't feel called. Can I just tell you what I hear when people say that? I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> They go, I don't feel called. It's like the Holy Spirit's going to me, him say, right? It's like the translator. Oh no, the apostle Paul would say, the mercy of God, the love of God, the spirit of God powerfully calls you and I out of our rebellion to God, to the foot of the cross. Isaiah 45, 22, the Lord said, look to me. Or turn to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Now this is a high call. It's an upward call. It's a heavenly call. It is an invitation to the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. But it is also the power of God over our will to his. So often the, the call of God is what? It's a battle of the wills, isn't it? It's the battle of the wills. And friends, please understand that the cross is more than an invitation to be saved. 
It is God's determination to save. He pressed on. He pursued you. And now all of us are called to put our trust in him and follow him. And that, friends, is the path to joyful maturity, which is the path to a joyful future. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love Radio, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. We are excited that you joined us today, and we hope and pray that you will join us again next time as we continue to learn more about Jesus verse by verse in the book of Philippians. If you would like a copy of today's message on CD, simply contact us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills at 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the copy of the correct teaching. You can also write us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or send an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Don't worry if you haven't been able to write that information down. Simply log on to www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find all the information to listen to this message again or receive your own copy. You can also give securely to help Changed by Love Radio share the good news of Jesus Christ. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Philippians. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time here on Changed by Love.